This is Inspiring Women. I'm Lori McGraw. I'm speaking with Brenda Schmidt today, and we are at Health. And what's exciting about this conversation, Brenda is the head of enterprise growth at Redesign Health. And, and Inspiring Women is actually doing a collaboration with Redesign Health. I'm going to be speaking with a number of your CEOs, your women CEO-led companies. But Brenda, you are an executive leader at Redesign Health. And so thank you for being on Inspiring Women. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. This is going to be a great conversation. So now, Brenda, I know you've been in healthcare as an executive, you've led companies, you've been at the CDC, you are a Baxter for a number of years, you mentor a lot of companies, you are an executive, you're a board member, you're all these things. And then you decided to join Redesign Health as the head of enterprise growth. So before we talk about like what that role entails, maybe just give us a little bit of your bio sketch. How did you get here? I've spent my entire career in healthcare. I started off at Baxter, and even within Baxter, looking back, I was an entrepreneur. I was a hand raiser. So I was always, what could I learn? What could I do? How could I grow? And then I left there in 2005 to start my first company. I bootstrapped that one, and that would probably be worth a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, and then the second one, I actually um, raised about 82 million in venture capital, and it was just a phenomenal experience as a female entrepreneur. And left after the Series C, that organization needed a different type of CEO. So I moved into executive chairman in a board role. And I think having been an, an entrepreneur then for you know, 10, 15 years, I felt I could give a lot back. So I started um, mentoring and advising primarily uh, female founded businesses. I started teaching entrepreneurship at NYU, uh, joined some boards, and but really looked for an opportunity to give back. And then I was recruited during COVID to run a venture studio. And I said, well, what's a venture studio? <laughs> I would put redesign as a healthcare innovation platform broadly in that category. Um, and it was really phenomenal that if you've seen one, you've seen one. And yep. that was when I became aware of redesign in 2020 and they got it right they got the model right for what young entrepreneurs really need to build successful companies and they were also building a big operating company as redesign health which is something i was looking for so i joined there a couple of years ago and it's actually been the culmination of my entire career to be able to bring my whole self to redesign to now help our 50 plus operating companies well i think it's sort of like the embodiment of what we hear from so many people like the future job that you might have it doesn't exist today and so it sounds you know this venture studio, this new concept that redesign, it's not new, but many people are doing it now, but redesign was one of the very first to sort of have a different model for incubating and launching companies. So Brenda, just if you can give maybe a perspective of, um, you know, in terms of that arc of your career, I mean, what drew you to the concept? It might be a culmination and like this perfect matching of all of your skills to redesign, but give us a little bit of backdrop. What is redesign? How how does it work? Um, and, and and just for our audience, I'm an advisor to redesign. I'm very proud to be just be part of the community. Um, but you're in the thick of it. So what does redesign do? It's really interesting having been what we call a startup in the wild. If you take a couple of entrepreneurs with a great idea, especially in healthcare, with the complexity of how the money flows and the business models and the length of the contracting time, it's very, very difficult. Yep. And the failure rate is incredibly high. And then you have a lot of health systems, payers, med tech who are trying to innovate, but they don't think like entrepreneurs. And I think one of the magic, the magic that, that redesign is, is bringing those things together. And so what redesign does differently is ideates concepts that 
talented entrepreneurs can then come and run. So unlike other studios that might be looking for early stage companies to invest almost like an accelerator model, we actually do all the ideation internally. Yep. Um, we have a team of about 60 researchers so that we know that that is a de-risked business because there's an opportunity there with a business model that's going to work in healthcare. And then we place the founding team because many times there's a great idea with not the best founding team or there's a great founding team that for whatever reason their business is not going to grow and scale in the market. Um, and then we actually give them capital. Again, yep. in this market, incredibly valuable to that entrepreneur who can then go execute and doesn't have to think about how I'm, the, my first job is raising capital. And so incredibly valuable. And then we have, you know, Redesign has 250 people across 20 functions. And if you think about all of those support services a young company needs, yep. accounting, strategy and finance, regulatory advice, legal, um, all of that is at their disposal to help. I always say we're a slingshot, not a crutch. Yep. Help that young company um, be successful in this market. And yeah, and maybe just there. to even yeah. like, you know, to, to dig into that a little bit more. I mean, having had the opportunity to work with some of those researchers and those teams, I mean, these are McKinsey folks. These are Goldman Sachs level, you know, types of um, professionals. And so to have a nice formula for we've tested an idea, we've done some financial modeling, we have capital to start the company, and then the professional resources for all of those things with, you know, roadmaps, checklists, whatever. It's amazing in terms of just building those foundational pieces. Um, and it's working. I mean, when I joined Redesign, having learned about the concept, you were 40 companies in, in terms of launching. Where are you now? Um, over 60. Oh my. Yeah, so it's been quite the journey and I think where we're pivoting to now, so I lead the enterprise growth team, which was a tiny team when I joined and now we're about 14, is that we are out developing and maintaining industry relationships across lots of different customer types, pharma, med tech, payer, provider, so that we're really understanding not only their needs and their strategic priorities that allow us to help those early stage companies gain traction. Because that's yep. the one thing they need. They need a great CEO and they need early market traction. So yep. our team does that. But when what we're here announcing now and why our booth says innovate with us is that we've developed this amazing community like our advisors, our investors, our vendors, our partners, um, the tools, the technologies, the insights that now we're actually introducing that suite of products and services out to the market oh. to really drive innovation at scale. Okay. Because building companies is one piece of that. Yeah. We can't build as many companies internally as we need to build to actually move the market and redesign health. So we're incredibly excited so about that. So others can't, other companies can take advantage of these services as well. Is that what you yes. mean? That's yes. That's amazing. That's what we're here announcing at health. That is awesome. That is awesome. Let's talk about innovation. So we are at health. It's a very buzzy electric. We've got some boom boxes in the <laughs> The, um, background <laughs> here, noisy. so uh, you know, conference um, and innovation is a very big word. It's used a lot, and there's a lot going on. So, um, and you know, I did uh, several years at the American Medical Association. I know that physicians, in particular, love innovation, but only if it actually works. It's in their workflow. Those very hard things that there are to do for companies. So. 
as the head of Enterprise Growth for innovation. <laughs> what does that mean to you? What does innovation mean? Where is it working? Well, I think, again, it's a spectrum and it's a big word. So for some people, that just means business process improvement, performance improvement within an institution, say a health system. That's equally as important to figure out something like workforce than it may be to have a big idea that's going to spit out into a company. And I think that's really, you know, you've got the, the core, like help me just do my job better. Yep. You've got the adjacent, how do I sell into a different market to drive revenue? And then you really have the disruptive, but when you think about that, that's really only 10% of the focus. And what I'm excited now, where Redesign has the opportunity to go in and, and help our partners across all of those different spectrums of innovation. Yep, so Brenda, there's, um, there's a lot of ways to build financially successful companies in healthcare, um, but there's also very large problems in healthcare. We have costs that are out of control. We have a workforce that is very burnt out, and this is not just physicians, this is any clinician. There's shortages of clinicians that are um, needed for the outcomes that patients mm -hmm. want to achieve, and they're not all going in the right direction. So how do you marry these companies that are being built with ensuring that they have the opportunity to really impact those significant macro problems? I think it's from the very beginning, we're talking to our partners around what their biggest issues and problems and strategic priorities are, and then we're strategically building those businesses to meet those needs. To your point, workforce. We have a couple of companies in workforce. One, to upskill um, workers that can get into higher wage jobs for them, but also the needed professions within a health system. Um, Glacier is around physician burnout. So we started to really think about workforce, um, alternate sites of care, distributed sites of care. What do we do with AI? Yep. You know, what? <laughs> what do we do with AI? And so um, there's just these themes that we hear over and over again. And because we have that strong relationship with our partners, we can really have not only the opportunity to understand what those are, but an early design partner of informing what that business model actually should be. Okay, so now with all of these companies, 60 of them, and now you're making this ecosystem even larger, uh, larger by helping other um, companies, what do you think, um, what are the secret ingredients? So, you know, tools are great, you know, checklists and, you know, uh, get this and customers at the table, but what are the secrets for the successful entrepreneurs, the founders, the CEOs that you bring in? What do you look for to ensure that that company, that great idea has the opportunity to really make a difference. I think when we've got a very um, programmatic method of identifying which CEO is best for which business. So if you look at our CEOs, they don't have the exact same background or the experience. They're really tailor picked for that particular business. So some may need more of a technology oriented CEO. Some may be um, have a background in um, revenue cycle management or something like that. So, but but typically they are they're not first time entrepreneurs, they've had a successful career, mm -hmm. they know what this looks like and how difficult it is. And, and to that, I think they appreciate what redesign brings. Yeah. Because if you've been an entrepreneur before, you know how difficult that is. And redesign brings all of the things that makes it very, very difficult, like DevOps mm -hmm. or just financial, helping raise capital, all of those things that are just important, or executives that have worked for very large organizations in the past and are ready in their career to take that next step. But I would say, you know, from our perspective, the best CEOs are the ones that can actually go out there and sell, um, but not be so married to their concept that they can't pivot over time. So it's that, um, 
you know, ability to execute. I think it's so. What does that one. mean to sell? I mean, you could just I mean, just let, let's dig into that a little <laughs> bit more because I, you know, and I grew up in you know healthcare and the people who you know rose in the company, sales was always part of the package, regardless of what your position yeah. was. So, so it speaks to me, but I'd love to well, hear you know, your perspective when, when on it. When people think of sales, they think I have skews in a bag. I've yep. got arrows in my quiver and I'm going to convince you to buy what's in my bag. And it's actually completely the reverse. It's really understanding what your target customer pain point is. And that's part of the sauce is even understanding who your customer, your key customer is, yep. the buyer persona. But once you're in front of that person, it's much more about listening. Yep. I always say if you're talking more than 30 or 40% of the time, you're talking too much. Yep. So it's the ability to ask really good open-ended questions to understand their pain points so that you can then understand where your product or service fits in. And sometimes the best relationships I have are with people that I've actually said, mine is not the best solution for you. And yep. that's a relationship for life. And yep. let me go introduce you to someone who maybe can meet your pain point better than I can. Yep. And, and if you can't move on and don't waste a lot of time, but I think it's that listening and really understanding who that buyer is and why they're buying. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Brenda. <laughs> so you work with, you know, so many CEOs of these companies. It's important to you that they are successful. Can you give us an example of a time where you were working with a CEO where they might have had all the ingredients, but they needed to change something to really amp their company. And I'd just love to know how you coach some of those leaders to really turn on, you know, what is going to be important for their for their company. Because it's tough, you know, and it changes all the time in, in moments. Yeah, I think what we see a lot, because they've got this, I, I'm used to selling to investors and I want to talk about the size of the problem. Yep. And so they'll have a sales deck that starts off with, here's the problem, or even worse, here's a picture of my app. Yep. But if you're selling to someone, they know their problem. They don't want to hear three sides of the problem. They really just want to understand how you're solving that problem. Yep. And the other thing that I see is, is here's my product. And like, they don't care about your product. They care about how you're going to solve their problem. Yep. And so those are the sorts of things that where I think our team, given our experience um, in enterprise sales across our organization, can actually help them with that go to market around what that messaging should be and how they can best present their company. And do you role play it with them? Uh, I mean, how do you, because yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to do things differently if you're used to telling the story or doing the pitch or, you know, whatever it is, mm -hmm. the same way, particularly at the senior executive level in terms of changing that for yeah, them. And our team will set up demo days for them. So then yep. they're actually presenting in about a 15 minute pitch. And then we get that feedback and yep. we can actually provide that feedback from real customers and it may not even be their pitch it might just be their presence or yep. how they answer, answered a question or how they didn't and so that real-time feedback from actual customers or advisors is incredibly mm. valuable. Thank you for like going into that detail because I feel like, you know, what you said, like people know that to be true, but how it actually happens mm -hmm. so that again, you can turn on what can be like these great innovations and make them really work. It's so dependent on that seeing your team. So thank you for sharing that, Brenda. Okay. Now, if we were to fast forward a couple years, five years, 10 years with all of this innovation that you're incubating, launching, growing, um, what is your aspiration for where healthcare can be um, in the next five to 10 years? What are you excited about? What, what vision can you paint for us? I'm excited in what I've seen with some of the incumbents, health systems or payers actually coming together and realizing that no single entity is gonna solve it by themselves. And so how can 
different entities around a same what I'll call common interest area can come back and try to solve things together. I'm seeing more and more of that. Yep. Where non-competitive health systems or payers or a market, like we're going to innovate in a state. Mm -hmm. is, I think those types of initiatives are going to start to move the needle on healthcare because it's not an independent startup. Yep. It's not one single incumbent. It's people coming together realizing we have got to fix this and we have to fix it now and let's just leave our ego at the door and figure it out. That sounds like a lot of partnerships. That sounds partnership. like some, you know, probably like some uh, both uh, private and public, public partnerships and government funding and incentives. Yep. Like how do we put all of that together to start to move the needle? Okay, well that sounds great and <laughs> let's hope that that um, happens. So um, Brenda, we're on Inspiring Women. I can't help but talk about women and women in leadership and how important that is and I know it's personally important to you just because of work that you've done professionally you know in your career mentoring others and helping others so as you look for, I know you are working with all kinds of leaders of every gender that there is um, but for women in particular what is the type of advice that you give to younger women who are wanting to become whether it's entrepreneurs or CEOs or whatever what what would you say to them I would say surround yourself with people who can help. There are so many women in a community of women that really wants to help, help people grow in their careers, whether it's with a large organization or as an entrepreneur. I would also just say, um, don't be afraid of imposter syndrome. Everybody yeah. has it. Just you are good enough and just go out and do it. And my mantra when I was building companies is if someone told me no, I said, that just means I can't do it with you. And yeah. I'm going to move on and find someone that says yes. So so be very resilient to those no's and just believe in yourself. And, and know they're coming. And, and they're know coming. they're coming. So mm -hmm. that is just fantastic. So Brenda, thank you so much for sharing both what you're doing at Redesign and that's just really exciting, but also some of these, um, you know, stories and advice. I really appreciate it. This has been a great Inspiring Women episode. I've been speaking with Brenda Schmidt and Brenda, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Lori. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.